With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the rundown with Bob Sanders. Well, we're waiting. And welcome into the rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Happy to be with you this afternoon. Got a lot of great stuff planned for you today. Couple of new things I'm going to debut here on the rundown. I'm calling it Debut Tuesday. The first is we are going to go around to each South Carolina and Clemson opponent. I'm going to find the folks that um, actually cover opposing teams. And we are going to find out uh, how they look coming out of spring practice. Because we've been talking about Clemson and South Carolina's practice, but what about their opponents? Today we talk about uh, the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. I hope I pronounced that correctly. They get mad down there if you, uh, you get, get that incorrect. So joining me today at uh, about 3.20 will be Alan Bolden from the Sun News. He, uh, he covers the shots, and uh, he'll give us a rundown on what's going on with them. So uh, I'm going to have every opponent, someone talking with us about each opponent. So that way we're all getting geared up for the summertime. We can still have a little tidbit here to uh, go back and look, and you know that way when we go and we talk with our uncles or whatever during your little summer break, you can be an informed fan. That's always a good thing, right? You can always go back and check uh, on all of these in the podcast. The podcast is simple. You can uh, download it if you have an iPhone on uh, iTunes. Just look it up there. For the Android, you can just search for it in your favorite podcast app. It's also on the iHeartRadio app. So you can just type Rundown with Rob. It'll be right there for you. Uh, also, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. I tweet out stuff there throughout the day. Some of it's amusing. Some of it is me bashing Philadelphia Phillies fans. Uh, some of it's me bashing the Phillies because I don't like the Phillies at all. Um, lots of great stuff today. I have found a new baseball team. I sport my Atlanta Braves hat, but I think I found a new baseball team that I like. I'll tell you about that at about uh, 3.50 today. Also, we'll have a rundown on uh, the Fireflies. They had a big uh, big night with their pitching staff last night. We'll talk about that. Clemson's heading to the uh, Cayman Islands. We'll get to that at about 3.40. Also, a wrap-up on the baseball team, uh, the two baseball teams in action tonight. Both of them kind of kind of floundering a little bit. So both of them could use a win tonight to kind of maybe start right in the ship a little bit. Let's start, though, with Coach Will Muschamp. Now, I found this on several different sites last night, and it kind of made me chuckle a little bit because it said, depending on which site you read it on, some sites were saying basically he was taking a jab at Clemson. I don't, I'm going to read this to you first, what he said, according to several different sites. I, I don't really think it's a jab. I think he's just 
up there doing the meat and potatoes thing. I don't know. You know, they call it like the the, uh, the chicken dinner circuit where you go from Gamecock Club to Gamecock Club. So here's what Coach Muschamp said uh, at the Gaston County Sports Hall of Fame on Monday night. He said, quote, we are the real Death Valley, not the one somewhere else. And, of course, he's talking about uh, his time at LSU when he was a linebacker coach and defensive coordinator. Now, is that really a jab? I mean, maybe he's just maybe he's just taking up for for his school and his alma mater when he was at LSU. I don't know when you when you stop and think about that. That's not you can look at it as it's not a jab. He's just saying, hey, I come up in the land of the Death Valley is in LSU, and hey, that's where he's from. You can't knock the man for where he's from, you know. But Clemson fans have lost their damn minds. They are going crazy on my Facebook feed, my Twitter feed, all over the place. I've had people like, I stopped to get gas this morning, and I was talking to a friend of mine that lives up the street from me, and he's like, did you hear what Muschamp said? And I was like, what are you talking about? I thought he said something different. No. He was he was ranting and raving about this, calling it bulletin board material. Now, maybe I'm in just on the in Rob's box. Have I explained Rob's box theory to you? I think we all have a box. Okay? We kind of live in that box. You know, we, we allow our family in the box. We allow certain people in the box. But generally, we're in our own box, and that's just the way we are. Sometimes we don't like to get out and branch out a little bit. We just have our own way of thinking. Okay? But I don't think that it was a jab at Clemson. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe that's what he was trying to do was to get a rise out of the folks at the Gaston County Sports Hall of Fame. Coach Muschamp is a smart guy. I don't think he's going to go into anything thinking that anything that he says, especially about the upstate rival, is not going to be recorded and everything else. So, if you do look at it as that it's a rival, as it's as it's bulletin board material, do you really think that the Gamecocks should be saying anything after the first two, uh, the last, the only two meetings he's had with Clemson? Average score is 45 to 8.5. If you're only putting up 8.5 points, you really probably shouldn't say anything. Now, here's the thought, my, my thought process behind that, though. Do you really think that the kids actually care? I mean, do you think these student-athletes actually care? Do you think half of the student-athletes at Clemson know where the Gaston County Sports Hall of Fame is? I mean, it's, it's, something, it's something I think is trivial as that. I don't really think they care. Now, if some coach brings it up to them, and they're looking at it, and wait a minute, he said that. Didn't he see what, what happened last season and the season before? That's what Clemson students and the Clemson uh, football players, in my opinion, would think of. Now, but they have that scoreboard argument they can fall back on. And that's that's a heck of an argument there. But do you think that Muschamp may have said this thing is, is trying to get over with the crowd? Maybe he was looking out into the crowd and thinking, hey, you know, I can I can uh, I can say a couple of things here and maybe in you know, 
rile up the Gamecock fan base a little bit. But do you think it might be something that might motivate the South Carolina team? I, you know, I, if you do take it as a, as a jab at Clemson, I, I think he was more just defending his time at LSU. I really don't think that Coach Muschamp is going to, to say things that are, you know, going to poke the bear up at Clemson when the two times he's played Clemson, it's not even been close. It's been an absolute joke. And those aren't words coming from me. I mean, you can ask the average Gamecock fan, and they'll tell you point blank, we haven't shown up for the Clemson game. You can watch the games, and it's the same thing. So I don't think that Coach, uh, I really don't think that there was really a jab at Clemson. I think it was more of a, hey, I played at LSU. I was a defensive coordinator there. This is the Death Valley that I know about. I really don't think he was trying to poke the bear. But... It does come back to, do you really think that bulletin board material is a good thing? If you can back it up, it's a great thing. But as of right now, the South Carolina football team's not quite quite where Clemson is. But in reality, there's only maybe five teams in the country that are. Only four teams make the playoffs every year. Now think about that for a minute. So, do you think the bulletin board material works? Do you think that it really was a jab at Clemson? Give me a call this afternoon, 803-978-1832. Would love to hear uh, your comments on that. So 803-978-1832. Now, I mentioned this yesterday, but something you're going to learn about me is that I have like some severe ADD issues. My brain gets scattered all over the place. That's why the opener has brain stew in it from, uh, from Green Day, because <laughs> I'm all over the place. Asking me to, like, focus on one thing is an absurd, absurd thing to me. It's tough. It's hard. But I did mention this yesterday, and I've got to get back into it simply because Nick Saban's commented on it now. There's a rule change in college football. This happened last Friday where players are allowed to fair catch any kickoff inside the 25-yard line, and the ball is going to be placed on the 25-yard line like it's a touchback. Now, previously, a fair catch anywhere on the field uh, resulted in in the offense. They take possession of that spot in in the range of the fair catch. Now, what you're doing is basically giving up the... uh, Everybody can have a, a good start on the 25. You just catch the ball. Bam. Now, if a player catches it in the end zone and downs the ball... It goes out to the 25. You catch it on the 18, and and you fair catch it, 25. What's the purpose of kicking the ball off? I mean, this has come down to the wussification of American football. Why why, why kick the ball off at all? Look, we're going to flip a coin. Heads I win, tails you win, whatever. And you're just going to start on the 25. If it was truly about player safety, which is what they're saying that it was about, what's the point? Now, I know that people are going to say, what about onside kicks and things like that? Yeah, that's fine. But in reality, though, is it really that absurd to think, hey, we don't even need to bother kicking off anyway? Because you're going to have players running at full speed anyway. You don't know if the, if the, uh, the player in the end zone is going to run it out. 
you have no clue. So you're still going to send your gunners and everything else down there to try to, you know, decapitate the guy. Decapitate's a, a, a strong word, but that's basically what's trying to happen. They're trying to knock that guy down quick because uh, bad field position sucks. Ask any football coach that. So they're running. You're going to have them running full speed down there anyway. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And... The idea of player safety just doesn't really hold weight with me. Now, of course, Saban, he didn't use the word decapitate like I did because Saban is an award-winning coach and knows what he's talking about. I'm just a goofball. But he did say that it is in the guide of uh, player safety. He said that, quote, I guess I've been around long enough to remember when we used to kick off from the 40-yard line. There were too many touchbacks, so we moved it back to the 35 he says, so for us old-timers, I thought it would be an easier solution just to move it back up to the 40-yard line because you get more touchbacks because you could still uh, sky kick it, onside kick it, which you can still do some of those things. He said, but if you sky kick it trying to give someone bad field position and they can fair catch on the 15-yard line and they get it on the 25, it takes the strategy out of the game. Coach Saban is right. You don't have to have a kicker that can directionally kick the ball now. There's no need to. Just have somebody that can boot it down there inside the 20. They're going to start on the 25 anyway. I really think that we've gotten to a point now where we just expect everybody to, and I'm not trying to make this a political show because it's not, but it seems like we just want people to, they're in society nowadays People just want to be taken care of. If you play football, especially at the college level, you have to understand there's a chance you're going to get hurt. I know that sounds crazy. If you're not thinking you're going to get hurt, then mm, that comes back to you, whoever, whoever started you in this thing. All right? It is a, I've said this before, it's a gladiator sport. I think it's the last gladiator sport. I really do. So Coach Saban wants the different solution. He wants to just bring it back to the 40. That way you can actually just kick it and kick it out of bounds, etc. I think Coach Saban's right. Why, why take that away from coaches? I, I just don't get it. So those are the two things I wanted to lead off with today. I tell you what, we're going to try to go out to the phones real quick here. 978-1832. 978-1832. You can afford and we make it hassle-free to sign up as my phone is acting silly today i got fake people calling that don't want to talk on the show that's fine 803-978-1832 is our number if you would like to uh join the program today 803-978-1832 of course you can follow me on twitter at rob sounds good as i said i've got a lot of other stuff i want to get into today but those two topics right there kind of just kind of hit me in the face a little bit today Uh, Will Muschamp allegedly taking a jab at Clemson. I don't think he's taking a jab at Clemson as being the South Carolina coach taking a jab at Clemson. I think he's taking a jab at Clemson as, 
hey, I was at LSU as a linebacker coach and defensive coordinator. And that's what I learned where the Death Valley was. That's what he's thinking. I don't really think that he's up there trying to, to poke the bear up at Clemson. I really don't. And then the second thing is, is that the whole player safety thing. I don't really think that this is a player safety issue with um, the basically giving, giving away the kicking game is what you're doing. I mean, under, under those rules there, I would just onside kick every time. Why wouldn't you do that? I mean, if you onside kick it correctly, you can bounce it. You're only going to give up 15 yards more field position anyway, 15, 20 yards at the most. You might as well onside kick it and have an, a chance to recover it. I mean, it's that it's gotten to that point where everything has new rules, et cetera, et cetera. They're changing rules in baseball. You know, we, we talked about that with uh, the manager of the Fireflies, the whole thing trying to speed up the game and everything else. If you know the game is great, which obviously college football is great, why you got a monkey with it? Just let it go. It seems like everybody's worried about folks getting hurt, but as I said before, it's a gladiator sport. That's the things that are going to happen. Real quick before we go into a break here, Clemson announced today that uh, the Clemson basketball team is going to play in the Cayman Islands Classic. That tournament will be held in May, or excuse me, November. Why am I saying May? <laughs> What's wrong with me today? Uh, Monday, November 19th through Wednesday, November 21st in the Cayman Islands. I'm one of these guys that I, I have issues with that. I don't understand why you, you want to go on a trip to the Cayman Islands to play in a basketball tournament. It doesn't really make much sense to me. I mean, I know they get the experience of it, but I think there's better ways to spend the money for the basketball team than to play in a tournament that's at the Cayman Islands. I don't know. Am I wrong about that? Three top uh, top 50 RPI teams from a season ago, uh, including Boise State, Georgia, and Illinois State. So six teams that finished within the top 100 RPI last year. It's their first appearance in the tournament held outside the United States since they pre- they were in the Virgin Islands as part of the the Paradise Jam event in 2014. Coaches are going to say that these players have the opportunity to maybe uh, do some bonding. And I I guess I can see that. But I don't know. I think there's better ways to spend money. Maybe I'm just kind of a, a shrewd on that front. So up shortly, we are going to do our first segment where we're going to preview some of the uh, Some of the teams that South Carolina and Clemson play today, we're going to talk about Coastal Carolina. Alan Bolden, Alan Blondin, I'm sorry, from the Sun News will join us in just a little bit. You can follow him on Twitter at at Alan Bolden, and uh, he follows the Chanticleer. So we're going to chat with him in just a moment and talk about their matchup coming up in Columbia and uh, what happened in the spring with the Chants. All that and more in just a moment. You're listening to The Rundown with Rob Sanders. I will be right back. Welcome back to The Rundown. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good. 
And welcome back to the rundown. We're going to head out to the hotline. And we're going to welcome in Alan Blondin. Alan, how are you, sir? Uh, doing well, thank you. How are you? Good, man. Alan works for the Sun News, and he follows Coastal Carolina's football team. This is the first of many segments we're going to do uh, profiling or previewing. Previewing is a better word there. Uh, the opponents for South Carolina and Clemson. And I read some of Alan's stuff about uh, the spring game that uh, happened down there with Coastal. And I thought I would bring him on for a little bit. And, Alan, my first question to you is, for fans that don't know, can you recap for us about last season? It was Coastal's first at the FBS level, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, they uh, it was like the second year of a two-year transition. Um, so they were um, they were still at a disadvantage a bit um, uh, as far as scholarships go. And, actually, they're still one year behind in, in catching up to full scholarships at the FBS level. Um, but they they did enter the Sun Belt Conference. Um, they were eligible for the Sun Belt Championship, but not a bowl bid. And this year they are eligible for a bowl bid. So this is their uh, this will be their third year of transition from FCS to FBS, and uh, they're essentially uh, on even par with everybody except for a handful of scholarships, basically. So um, last year they um, they went three and nine. They uh, endured their longest losing streak in program history at nine in a row. Uh, they did, however, win their last two games of the season. Um, so they finished uh, with a two-game winning streak, a little momentum going into the offseason. And, you know, obviously they look to improve upon uh, those numbers uh, this season in their second year in the Sun Belt. All right, now who do they have as far as impact players that will return this season? Um, well, they, they've been searching for a well, while. First of all, to be honest with you, the, the biggest impact person in the program will probably be uh, Joe Moglia. Um, they, they were without their head coach last year. Um, he had a, uh, um, like a bacterial infection that was affecting his lungs, and he basically took the season off on a sabbatical. Uh, they weren't entirely sure that he would return, but he did return full-time in January. So they actually get their head coach back, who uh, he's probably the biggest addition uh, they'll have all season. He, you know, he went 51 and 15 in his five years at the FCS level, led them to a number one national ranking for a total of 10 or 12 weeks uh, at the FCS level. So, um, in all in all honesty, he's their biggest addition of the season. Um, as far as impact players uh, <clears throat> that they have returning, um, they've got a handful of wide receivers and running backs um, that got a lot of playing time last year. Kenyon Alex James out of uh, Florence. Uh, Marcus Outlow is a uh, Boston. Okay. And I was going to ask you about... College transfer who being in the second year here. And they had uh, a kid named uh, Florence Marable who uh, led the... What's that? I'm sorry. You dropped off of there for a second. But yeah, you were talking about the, uh, the the last young man? Oh. Yeah, Florence Marable. He led the big stuff in watching last season for Presbyterian. Which um, is in a dropping scholarship football, so all of their players were made available to transfer if they chose to. And uh, so Coastal adds the Big South Conference's leading rusher and a kid named Torrance Marable. And um, you know they're pretty strong at wide receiver uh, with a number of returning kids. Uh, Kion Tyler, uh, he's a he's a, he's probably their he and um, he's probably their most uh, dangerous returner. He's uh, is a wide kick return, a punt returner, and a and a skilled receiver. Um, and they should be very strong at offensive line. 
Um, they had the at the end of the year they ended up with the youngest starting line in uh, the nation, um, and they returned all of those guys. Obviously, most of them are were freshmen, a couple sophomores, and a junior. So they should actually be fairly uh, equipped at the offensive line. Now, you mentioned uh, they're actually getting that. That's a heck of a newcomer to get the Big South's leading rusher to. Uh, I mean, obviously he had to transfer to somewhere, but uh, to head down there that that is a heck of a. Heck of basically a recruit coming in. Do they have any freshmen that are expected to make impacts this season? Well, they. Um, it'll be interesting to see that they've got a couple kids that uh, from the same high school in Florida um, that are going to be pretty intriguing because they're this kid named Bryce Carp. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Was the Mr. Florida, won the Mr. Florida Football Award. And, um... Some of the people that have won that award have become NFL Hall of Famers uh, or big-time players. So um, it's a kid named uh, Bryce Carpenter. He played at Venice High School in Sarasota, Florida. So he's Mr. Football, and one of his receivers, uh, a kid named uh, it's Javon, I think it's J-A-I-V-O-N, Highlight, he set Florida State records last year with 131 receptions, 2,359 receiving yards, and 32 touchdowns. So Coastal gets these two kids now. Carpenter's supposedly only like a two-star recruit, but he's Mr. Florida in football. Um, so, and, and then the, the receiver that he, you know, they set records together. So they both come to Coastal, and apparently uh, Carpenter was uh, very impressive in the spring game and has been impressive in the spring, in the spring practices. So um, they may have uh, stolen somebody here. We'll see if, uh, if he pans out to, to be as good as he was in high school. All right, my final question for you this afternoon. You mentioned that um, basically Coach Moglia coming back, but essentially, uh, you know, some of these young men may not have had Coach Moglia there in the forefront. They were used to Coach Chadwell. But did the jump to FBS and the kind of uncertainty with the coaching staff and obviously a tougher schedule, do you think that's taken a, a toll on the psyche of this team? Um, I don't, you know. It's possible. Um, you know, go, losing nine games in a row can certainly wear you down a bit. But uh, the fact that they did win their last two games and rebounded from that nine-game losing streak to take a little momentum in the offseason, um, I do believe that will help them. And, of course, Joe, you know, he's got a different form of leadership being uh, from the corporate world, and he's still the chairman of TD Ameritrade. So, um, you know, once he gets his policies back into practice there in, in the uh, program, um, I've got to believe that they'll, uh, you know, the program should bounce back to levels that it was under his leadership previously. And they do have a, different, a new defensive coordinator as well. Marvin Sanders um, comes in. He was the defensive coordinator at North Carolina for three seasons from 2004 to 2006. Um, although he has been out of college coaching and was in high school coaching for a while, for three or four years. Uh, but he comes in and he'll be the new defensive coordinator. So, a little change there on the defense, but uh, they got the head coach to oversee it all coming back. All right, tell our listeners where they can find out uh, more of what you write and, of course, where they can follow you on Twitter. 
Sure. Um, I'm pretty simple on Twitter. It's my name. It's at Alan Blondin. And um, the Myrtle Beach Sun News has a website, MyrtleBeachOnline.com. And uh, so that's where you can find all of my Coastal Carolina football coverage and uh, all other Coastal Carolina athletics coverage. All right, Alan, thanks so much for joining us today on the Murndown. We really appreciate it. I want to talk to you before the start of the season so we can get uh, get the vibe coming out of fall camp. I look forward to talking with you then. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, it's the opening game, so um, you know it, uh, everybody will be geared up for that here at Coastal for sure. Alan, thanks so much for joining us today, man. I really appreciate it. All right, Alan Blondin from the Sun News joining us to talk about uh, Coastal Carolina football. I, you know what, I, I kind of had to step out of the box there for a second. I, I remember Coach Moglia was out last season, and then uh, Coach Chadwell did some stuff down there taking over. But making that jump up to from the FFCS to the FBS, I think is the way that they put it, um, that's tough. I mean, you have a lot of scholarships, and if you look at if you look at Coastal, there they went from ten and three to three and nine in one season. So they're trying to get back on the road uh, to respectability. They're dropping nine straight games will just about knock any program. So we're gonna have uh, more teams throughout the week. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. We come back. We're gonna debut the list. Today's list may trigger some Clemson fans. All that and a lot more right here in just a moment. This is The Rundown. I'll be right back. Now, more of The Rundown. Check out Rob's blog at foxsportsradio1400.com. Welcome back to the Rundown. New feature in just a moment, but I've got to talk about Pool Tables Plus. They are the one original pool table store here in Columbia. They've been on Two Notch Road for uh, over a decade now, offering the largest selection of true solid maple and oak pool tables in the Carolinas. Now, it's not like these pool tables that you'll find on some internet sites, okay? They claim to have real wood, but it's fake wood. Who wants fake wood and veneers? It's all for the same price that you're going to get at Carolina Pool Tables. Plus, their staff will help you pick out the pool table that you need. You can have a pool table in your house. All you got to do is call the folks at Carolina Pool Tables Plus, the one original pool table store right here in Columbia. 5717 Two Notch Road open seven days a week. Stop by their showroom or you can give them a call, 803-799-5305. Experience the difference at Carolina Pool Tables Plus. Strap in. It's time for the list. So the list, this is something that uh, I'm going to put together every day. And it's basically four or five different things on different topics that are uh, kind of running through my head. Today was all inspired by Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell of like former like like FSU fame. Danny Cannell saying this about uh, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. He is going to push Kelly Bryant, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is starting for Clemson next year at some point. Much like we saw Tua Tonga-Valoa come in for Jalen Hurts, it's not good enough anymore just to be an average quarterback at some of these top-tier programs where the expectation is championship or bust. 
And last year, Kelly Bryant steered them to the championship, got them into the playoffs. But in that loss, Alabama had two interceptions, and there just felt like there was an element missing to that Clemson passing game. That's why ultimately I think Hunter Lawrence will be the come the guy. But again, he needs those reps. He needs these spring practices. But Kelly Bryant is going to get pushed. And of course, that's Danny Cannell, who uh, you know thinks he can evaluate quarterbacks and everything else now. So if Danny Cannell can do it, I figured that I would do it too. Why not? Why can't, I, why can't I try to help evaluate some quarterbacks? So today's list is the list of reasons why Kelly Bryant should be your starter next year at Clemson. Number five. He's a senior. He's been in the program. He knows his role on the field is something that is a, that's something that's valuable to the team. So he knows what he can do and what he can't do. You need that in a quarterback when the time is right. Number four. And he knows the offense. That's something that is important. He's been in the system. Okay? He shadowed Deshaun Watson. Got Deshaun Watson's approval on Twitter. He's the only quarterback other than Watson to work under the co-offensive coordinators as far as being a starter with uh, Coach Elliott and Coach Scott. Number three. He has built chemistry with his offense. If you look last season, he definitely had some chemistry with, with Hunter Renfro. And he just had, had worked with the offensive line. He put his time in, and he knows how to make that offense go. Number two. The Achilles heel for the Clemson offense may be the offensive line. Now, I know that Mitch Hyatt came back, and that, that's a big deal for Clemson. But there was a lot, a lot of Clemson fans blamed Kelly Bryant for the loss to Alabama, but a lot of it had to do with the Alabama defensive line was pushing them back off the ball. And when that happens, that can be a problem. Now, Bryant can make plays with his feet. We don't know if Trevor Lawrence is that dynamic on his feet yet. We do know that Bryant was third on the team in rushing and ran for 11 touchdowns. And finally, he led his team to the college football playoff and an ACC title, and they won what, 12, 13 games last season? So I've been saying it forever. And Clemson fans have got to just stop and think about it a little bit. Kelly Bryant should be your starting quarterback. What's he done to lose that? I just don't get it. So with that, if you want to respond to the list or respond to what Alan Blondin said about Coastal Carolina, you can give me a call, 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. We never know what's going to happen between now and when uh, fall practice gets underway kind of like a dark time for football you know after july 4th is when football kind of gets back into uh into with you know it's more of a wow this is right in front of us you know what i'm saying you kind of get the feel for it because sec media days are right after july 4th i always think about it like with the peach festival because i i love the peach festival out in gilbert go out to the peach festival and you know you taste taste the peach ice cream that to me is the start of the college football season. It used to be a long time ago when you got the NCAA turn, uh, football game that they had on uh, where you could you know play on your PlayStation, etc. 
But since that was taken away from us, I had to find something else. Now it's peach ice cream. Peach ice cream at the Peach Festival. That's, that's what makes me think about, okay, college football is right around the corner because media days are right after that. Coach Spurrier used to call that like the talking season. That's kind of when the talking season really heats up. Because you have media days, you come back from that, and then all of a sudden the ACC has their media days after that. And then, you know, you have your first fall workouts. It's not really that far off. As we get closer and closer to football season, I know everybody's just trying to count that down. Now, we've got some stuff that we can talk about until then, though. Of course, uh, we've got two teams in state, actually three teams in state, that are uh, probably going to make the... uh, or most likely, I'm not too sure on the Gamecocks yet. If they don't pull their head out out of the sand, they could uh, not make the NCAA tournament. So we still got baseball season ahead of us. We've also got the Major League Baseball season ahead of us. The Atlanta Braves are, uh, are of course, as I've said several times, my favorite team. It felt good last night to uh, watch them end the Philadelphia Phillies winning streak. A Philadelphia Phillies winning streak uh, is like a loss for America. It's so funny because I remember like telling my daughters when they were little that we don't like Philly fans because they throw snowballs at Santa Claus. <laughs> Going back to the the reference to the Eagles fans, I just tied in with that. You know, the whole Eagles fans throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. Well, they're obviously Phillies fans too. <laughs> it's kind of a whacked out way of looking at it, but that's that's how we go in the Sanders household. We don't we don't like the Phillies. My, my poor daughter, I remember telling her that when she was two. And uh, as old as she is now, she still thinks about, she'll tell you point blank, we don't like the Phillies. <laughs> Dad said we don't like the Phillies. That's like a parenting win. <laughs> I struggle to get her to find socks to wear that match, but she knows not to like the Phillies. <laughs> In our next segment, we're going to talk about, uh, I may have a new favorite baseball team. Imagine that. We'll talk about that, and we're going to talk about uh, Clemson's matchup tonight, also South Carolina's matchup tonight. I think it's a pretty big deal for both of these teams because they've been kind of coming in flat, so we'll talk about that. Also, a big night for the Columbia Fireflies. Of course, we are your home for the Fireflies right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400, and they uh, a really, really great night with the pitching staff there. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Of course, make sure you follow uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. And if you miss part of the show, you can always download the podcast. You can go to the website, foxsportsradio1400.com. It's right there for you. And you can check out my blog page. I've got a couple of great things on the blog page today I'll tell you about when we come back. You're listening to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. I'll be right back. Welcome back to The Rundown. Follow Rob on Twitter at RobSoundsGood. We're going to tell you about my new favorite baseball team in just a moment. This is The Rundown. I am Rob Sanders, part of the brand new lineup here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Lawton Swan from Clemson Sports Talk, the czar of Clemson Sports, will be here at 4 o'clock. And he will uh, help you out finishing out your ride home this afternoon. Which, by the way, it says Clemson Sports Talk on the marquee, but... Lawton loves everybody. Everybody loves Lawton, too. It's very... I wish that I could say the same thing about myself, but everybody loves the Swan. It's kind of funny. 
Gamecocks, Tigers, Bulldogs, Yellow Jackets. That's what he says. Everybody listens to Lawton Swan's show, and everybody loves the Swan. So I'm trying to be more of a fuzzy bear kind of guy like the, like Swanee. See, he's like he's like a uh, a skinny guy with like a bald head, and I'm like a chunky guy with a beard. Like I look more like the teddy bear, but he acts like a teddy bear. So Clemson Sports Talk, four to six here weekdays on Fox Sports Radio 1400, also on the iHeartRadio app. Check out his website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. He's got forums there where you can go on and see uh, all kinds of great stuff from Clemson fans. Also, the best Clemson coverage you can find. All kinds of great Clemson stuff on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. All right, so tonight we'll start with the South Carolina baseball team. They dropped two or three games against number 3 Arkansas this past weekend. Tonight they will play Presbyterian. Now Presbyterian was swept at home by Campbell uh, last weekend. I think this is a game that, I mean, and you know what? The Gamecocks should be favored to win this game. But after seeing some of the earlier games this season with Charleston Southern and VMI and the Citadel, you really should have your head screwed on tight there um, if you're a Gamecock baseball player because obviously you're better than those teams and you still drop those games. So they uh, pitch tonight at Founders Park. It should be nice out there. 7 o'clock tonight. Might need a little jacket. So starting tonight for the Gamecocks is Carmen Malinsky and Andrew Durden will get the start for Presbyterian. So there's your uh, Gamecock matchup tonight. Now, Clemson will play on the road at Georgia. This game bothers me because they played at uh, North Augusta last week. Now they're playing at Georgia this week. Clemson doesn't get a home game with Georgia. Georgia's like a top 15 team. So you're going to go play them essentially in a in Georgia North, basically, and then play them at Georgia. It doesn't make much sense to me. But the Tigers will start Travis Marr on the mound tonight against Will Proctor from the Bulldogs. Uh, that game is at 7 o'clock in Athens, of course. Georgia is uh, one over Clemson last week, 6-3 to three in North Augusta. Uh, Clemson is 16 for 50 with three grand slams, three doubles, and 46 RBIs. So the um, Tigers are getting the job done at the plate. They've just had issues as well. They dropped that game to Georgia, and then the Miami debacle, because that's what I'm calling it. After being up eight runs in the ninth inning and you lose a game, that's a debacle, an absolute debacle. So we'll see what happens with those two in-state teams tonight. Both of those teams need a win to kind of plug up some holes a little bit. Speaking of teams that are getting it done, though, the Columbia Fireflies, 7-4 and four on the season. They had 17 hitters they struck out last night between three pitchers. So, wow. <laughs> that is a ton of pitch, a ton of hitters that they struck out, a single-game franchise record. And, of course, they blow out the Greenville Drive 7-1 to with that uh, series opening win. They've all The Fireflies have won all four series openers to begin the season, and it's all about, you know, winning those series openers. You know, Bobby Cox used to say, you just win your series, you're fine. Well, the best way to do that is to win the series opener, and the Fireflies have won all their series openers, and uh, that's why they're 7-4 and on the season. Tonight, they stay at, in, uh, at Fleur Field in Greenville. First pitch is at 7.05. Marcel Renteria is getting the start um, for 
the Fireflies against uh, Southpaw Jonathan Diaz. And they can clinch the series with a win tonight. Now, you can catch that game right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Also, you can get it on uh, the iHeartRadio app starting at 645 this evening. Now, my final story of the day, I may have found a new baseball team. I'm currently wearing my Atlanta Braves baseball cap. Love the Braves since I was a little itty-bitty fella because they were on TBS. And everybody watched the Braves on TBS because that's all you could really catch. Now, you know, during the summer, you might catch some Cubs games. But generally, especially living around the South, you just follow the Atlanta Braves. But I may have a new team now. I've shared on this show before about uh, my son. Uh, my son has autism, and it's just something that, uh, that we're dealing with as a family. Every bit of autism is completely different, okay? Uh, there are so many different types of autism and everything else, and I can do an entire show on autism, but I won't. But I will tell you that my new favorite baseball team is the Kansas City Royals. So the Kansas City Royals have an advisor named Reggie Sanders. Now, Reggie Sanders has ties to the Palmetto State, he played up at Sparnburg Methodist College in the upstate. And last season, Sanders invited a young man to uh, come to um, a tryout, and his name was Tariq Elabor. Now, he invited him to come to the tryout just to take batting practice before a game at Kauffman Stadium, basically. But he did so well that he went and talked to Kansas City Royals manager Dayton Moore, and Dayton Moore said, okay, well, let's try to sign him to a contract. Now, this isn't just something where they're just giving this young man sympathy. This kid hit in the independent leagues, hit two, uh, hit three twenty three in one season, and also played for Pacifica College and Bristol University. So the young man can actually play ball, but... A lot of times when you hear that someone has autism, you automatically disqualify them from everything. So the Kansas City Royals are being open. And they are taking this young man, and they signed him to a minor league deal. And Sanders said when he called his mother, she bawled because with any special needs kid, it's a very difficult process. When I shared the message with her, she said, Reggie, it's so surreal for me to be able to experience this moment of gratitude. And that's exactly what it is. So her, her young son, who didn't talk until he was six years old, is now 25 and has a minor league contract with the Kansas City Royals. Now, of course, making it to the major leagues is never easy. It's never easy. But I tell you what, that young man, if he does make it up to the big leagues and... You have to earn it to get there. They're not just going to bring him up as a publicity stunt. If he does make it up to the big leagues, that is just going to be such a winning thing for the autism community because they can basically point out that autistic kids can do anything. So my new favorite baseball team, I think I can have an American League team. So I'm going to cheer for my Braves like I always have. But I'm going to have to go to the, go to the um, I don't know, where I can find one. But I'm going to have to find me a Kansas City Royals hat. Because now I'm a Kansas City Royals fan for what they did for this young man, who in the end may end up helping them out. You never know. 
but they look past the uh, what they see on the surface. And according to the scouts, he's a raw player. He can hit the ball, and they uh, they said he can steal some bases. So it's just amazing that they gave this young man the opportunity. So I'm gonna have to get me a Kansas City Royals hat. They are my new favorite team. I'm normally like I don't like that, but you know what? I, I think I get a pass for that. We all should be Kansas City Royal fans today. I think they're playing right now against Toronto. So when you step out today, remember what the Kansas City Royals did. Try to be a little more accepting, I guess is the term that I want to get out there this afternoon. With that, Lawton Swan from Clemson Sports Talk will join you in just a moment. He is, of course, the czar of Clemson Sports. He will give you up on the, uh, get you set up on the rest of your ride home. Also, you can follow me on Twitter. Real quick, go to my blog page on FoxSportsRadio1400.com. I've got uh, a couple different things there. I've got the story about uh, the young man, uh, El Elabur, on my uh, my blog page. Also, Jerry the King Lawler had a heart attack at a very inopportune... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.